discovered four computers now have primary control of critical vehicle functions. Three, two, one, zero, zero. Hello, all my space traveling friends. Welcome to the Gadget Cast. My name is Gregory McFadden, joined always with my co host, Travis MCP. Space travel. Hey now, everybody. We back. We back having fun. We're having all types of fun. And uh, welcome to the Gadget Cast, the holiday yeah. space travel. You know, uh, Apple pause podcast subscriptions. I was hoping to make like a million bucks on that. So apparently that <laughs> didn't come through. Uh, so we're going to try something else. We're going to put up a lossless version of Gadget Cast so you can, you know, <laughs> plug in your high fidelity headphones and listen to us and uh, let us know. You know, do you prefer the high fidelity version of Gadget Cast? The four, what is it? Like a four gigabyte file? <laughs> if it wasn't compressed. <laughs> So you we can should do it in spatial audio, do it, in, do it in 3D audio. Yeah, we can do we spatial need. audio. We can do ASMR gadget cast. Um, <laughs> I think that's what the fans want. And, you know, I'm always, you know, whatever the fans want, that's that's what I'm giving it to them, you know. Uh, but they got to pay for that. So I'm thinking like 20 bucks a month, you get the ASMR version. Something like that. I mean, listen, here's the thing. If you're listening to the audio podcast, the audio quality is actually really good and it's better than the YouTube audio. We, we record it separate from that. Yeah. So we think we think you're getting a great deal for the no dollars a month you spend with us currently. We invested so much money into making a podcast sound really good. And, yeah. you know, I don't think we, we, we don't make a dime. So this is like, a, you know, it's a public service to the people out there. I feel like, you know. I'm going to put that as charity on my next uh, tax write-off, I think. There you we know, go. $30,000 charity thing, right? What, is how, that what that is? Is that what, how that what works? Is, what is the Gadget Cash show worth? What is, you know, if you were oh. to like, how much would, how much, like if someone came over and was like, you know what, we want to buy Gadget Cast, how much would you sell it for? Let's take a look on Google. <laughs> uh, you know, sometimes they have those, how much is whatever ch- uh, yeah. channel's worth. Uh, it does not say, it does not have an opinion mm. on us. Mm. That's that's not a good sign. So mm. you know we're going uh, we're going downhill quick. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know if Travis ever enabled the super chats. Uh, you know maybe we'd be making a billion bucks here. Travis has to like find like his pin. He lost the pin, <laughs> so we might we might never make money on GadgetCast. But that's that's fine with me. I don't do it for the money. I do it for the love, Travis. I don't know about you. It's you know, it's all love for me. Well, at this point, obviously, I can't do it for the money. So there's your answer, <laughs> <laughs> because because I keep that stupid thing. Ridiculous, ridiculous. Well, anyway, uh, tons of fun. We're gonna have lots and lots of fun, and I think uh, you know we have stuff to talk about. But uh, what's hey, been going I'm, on? With uh, you? you know, I'm still using the M1 iMac. I released a lot of mm. videos on it. And uh, I'm still using the webcam, actually. I was like, should I set up the camera? And I was like, you know what? I'm going to stick on the webcam for this week again. Let's see. Mm. Let's see if I could do it. People said in the last video that I looked blurry at times because I think if I put the microphone close, I get blurry. So I got to mm. Apple needs to, you know, I need like a face autofocus thing. You know, mm. they got that well, solved on like the phones. I don't know. Uh, so the way I look at it, uh, Greg and I use our, our stream uh, sponsor, StreamYard. And on that initial, you know, I see a, a page with me and him on it. You look really clear. Like, 
more clear than most webcams, certainly more yeah. clear than most built-in webcams. So I thought it looked pretty good. And if you guys and gals who are listening to the audio want to take a look at what the M1 webcam looks like when streaming online, you can come to GadgetCast on YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash GadgetCast, and check us out there. Links are in the show notes. Yeah, I, I uh, you know, I can't yeah. agree more with that. So, Travis, um, we should talk about tech stuff. This is a tech podcast. You know, it's not just our personal ramblings. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, you made a you made a video about Samsung, mm. and Apple, the mm. two competitors, you know, mm. duking it out. So why don't you tell the people? Yeah, I, I, you know, I just posed the question and I did so in a way that would hopefully spur conversation into, uh, there's already a, a smaller creator that did like a quote response video to mine. I've only got to see part of it. And um, so really it's not, it's not a slight at Samsung at all. It's just that if you look at what's going on in tech YouTube, there's a lot of talk about everyone except for Samsung. And, you know, the funny thing is, is normally at this time of year, we would be talking a lot about the Note or something like that. And the Note it may not happen this year and the foldables, which is what I would be interested in. I haven't really heard a lot about them. There's been a little bit of stuff here and there, but you haven't seen a lot of coverage in tech YouTube. It's been a lot of the M one stuff and, you know, rightfully so uh, the M one is kind of a really interesting uh, proposition because it's not just for phones. It's not, well, it's not technically on phones at all. It's not just for tablets. It's not just for laptops. It's not just for desktops It's for all of them, which is kind of crazy. So I think there is a, a a little bit of a love fest going on. Plus, kind of, this is almost like Apple is um, not reinventing themselves, but certainly going through a transition point with, uh, you know, the colors and everything that they're doing. That is kind of interesting. And I know Samsung's released some mid-level stuff, uh, which you don't see a lot of coverage on generally. And uh, yeah, and five hundred four says in the chat something which I, I actually agree with. He says he hears more about Xiaomi than Samsung lately. I actually agree with that. And I was just saying that as now Samsung has put out a couple of these kind of commercials that are kind of, you know, trying to hit hate on like uh, Apple, which is fine, whatever. But I mean, if I was them, I think they need to get the hype going. You need to get a couple influencers going and talking about Samsung. And if you want to leak some stuff to some creators, do that. Or if you want to show, so I don't know, do something, man. It feels like they're not doing anything, which just feels weird. Yeah, uh, I mean. You know, going against Apple in the spotlight has always been hard, but uh, I think you're right about that. I, you know, the heartbeat of tech coverage nowadays, all the excitement seems to be around any Apple product. And, you know, uh, these past couple of phone releases on Android, they seem to get less and less and less interesting, even though they are doing some cool stuff. Like, uh, I, I thought like the first uh, Galaxy Ultra when it was like the 100 times zoom lens, stuff like that. I thought it was like, a, I thought it was like a cool thing to like, showcase as like a phone can do all this stuff and you know that phone had problems with like the focusing and stuff like that uh but you know there's some like interesting ideas the fold and stuff like that obviously too like really out you know whether you like folding phones or not you got to like give credit to the technology in those devices but even with like a really cool foldable phone multiple models of it um it just seems like you know maybe samsung's in the news for like a couple of days maybe a week mm -hmm. if they're lucky. And after that, it's, uh, yeah, it feels like maybe uh, people are back on Apple. I also have like another, I have another theory, and, you know, a uh, mm -hmm. friend of the show, John Prosser. I feel like he's brought a lot of excitement into like these like Apple leaks where, you know, there's always been Apple leaks. They've always been exciting. People have always been into that stuff. Uh, but John is quite the personality and he makes things like tons of fun with 
how he does his show. So I almost feel like a lot of the reason why there's like a lot of excitement with Apple leaks is actually because of John Prosser and his personality and him kind of going toe to toe with other people and other reporters where necessarily in the past, you really wouldn't see that. You wouldn't see all this kind of like drama between like Apple leaks and stuff like that. And I kind of feel like, am I wrong in saying that there's like an energy there because of that too now? Yeah, and the other thing about that is, is I think the proof's in the pudding. When he leaked the new Pixel Six, that was uh, pretty much in a lot of people's minds, and, yeah. and and certainly on social media and stuff. So I think the proof's in the pudding. Like if he's able to put something out of interest, um, of course people have to be interested in it in the first place. And I would say that it is a massive lift to get people interested in Google um, hardware um, because the the hardcores love it, but like outside of that, the ancillary people are kind of mildly interested, but there was a big swath of, of talk about it because, you know, the look was different. And I think John's renders look really cool and it really got interesting. Now, if that was like a Samsung phone, it probably would have been even bigger, but the fact that he was able to garner any kind of real substantial interest, um, with something like that was, uh, really impressive. He got more views on the Android 12 and Pixel 6 leak than someone like yeah. the iPhone 13 and like MacBook stuff. And that's yeah. like, come on, that's like unheard of, right? Like it's yeah. like usually like, oh, people want to hear about the iPhones, but he was able to generate like actual excitement for an operating system, Android 12. And then, yeah, the Pixel 6 and stuff, like the design of that, it does look like an interesting phone. It looks like it's trying to be something as much as it can be a different phone from some of their other competitors. And Google's always had their problems there. Um, so there's definitely excitement around that. I feel like Samsung, if they, you know, if they want to get the excitement back, maybe they got to give Prosser like an exclusive <laughs> leak. Be like, hey, you know, well, hold he on. actually he actually has a lot of that stuff that he just doesn't report on. You know, I he's know. told us a couple of times that he's I mean, he, I, I should just ask him what he's sitting on. He probably has something uh, and say, hey, like what kind of. Uh, Samsung stuff are you sitting on that you just haven't reported on because inevitably um, he's he knows something um, but yeah I mean uh, uh, Android 12 looked interesting because yeah it felt Apple-esque in a way now I didn't get to watch the Google presentation ironically like I forget I think I was out about <laughs> I missed it. Yo, you lucked out that was not good <laughs> really oh it was really boring and uh, oh. it was hey, speaking you know much love to Prosser, but, uh, you know, I disagree with him. He was uh, saying on Twitter, like, this presentation isn't for you. It's for developers, and they're way smarter than you. It doesn't have to be interesting. And I'm like, if, hey, if you want things to sell, it's got to be interesting. I'm sorry. <laughs> you you put your event on YouTube. That, to me, yeah. is saying this is an event for the masses. If you don't want the if you don't want normal people watching, don't live stream it on YouTube because people are going to come into that with a consumer angle. And it was a really, really boring event. It is surprising to me. Um, you know, when the first virtual event started happening, and this wasn't even a complete virtual event. They had people there, right, to generate excitement. Um, yeah, you, you would think at this point people would look at Apple's presentations and go, all right, we're going to copy like 95% of that. And... I don't know. They, they just can't seem to pull it off. Uh, a lot of these other companies, when they do these presentations, um, there's a lot of awkward moments. There's like no excitement. Uh, you know, even with Apple not having like a crowd and stuff, they're still able to like edit these videos in a way that generates hype and excitement uh, as the uh, as they're showing off like new products and stuff like that. And with these other companies, I don't know. They still have trouble pulling off these events when I feel like it's been years. Like, can you not like, can you not 
how hard is it? How hard? It must be, you know, it, it's one of those things, I guess, that's like easy to look at and go, oh, that looks easy to do. And then like you try and do it yourself. And it's like, OK, this is extremely difficult to pace an actual event around all this stuff. Yeah, it's it's really interesting because ultimately um, we're starting to see the companies impact and influence each other. Uh, well, I mean, I guess we've seen it for a while, but it's it's almost painfully obvious that the if you look at like the the icons and stuff and the kind of general sensibilities of the design of Android 12, it just feels Apple-esque. Now, I could be wrong. It's just my interpretation of what I saw. It could be something that they've always you know had in mind. They're not in any way um, influenced by this, but I. It would be hard for me to believe that as well. Like it, it just looked very Apple-esque with like the rounded edges. I don't know, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that, by the way. I would love to see the two combine into some kind of super operating system because I think there are some things for sure that Android does better than iOS. Um, but the one thing about iPhone, so I was on a, a different podcast uh, the other day. Mm. It's about retro video games. Ooh. And they asked me, uh, well, it's not a podcast, it's a live stream. And they asked me like about Android versus Apple and and how many people on the panel had Apple versus Android. And everyone except for one person had a, an iPhone. And I, you know, I just said, well, you know, first of all, I'm all about, anyone who watches my channel knows that it's not me about loving Apple or loving Samsung or anything. It's about whatever the tool that works for the time being. And the iPhone just works really well. Like it's not a super exciting phone. As a matter of fact, I'm not super excited about the iPhone 13. Like I can't imagine they're gonna do anything that's gonna excite me. But I know that I can rely on it and I know that it just integrates so well with everything things that I use that it's almost it's almost more of a pain to not use it. And that's kind of and then I love how some people go, well, then Apple tra traps you in the ecosystem. Well, yeah, that's what a good company should do. They should make it hard for you to ever leave. That's kind of the point. Like, yeah, they should make it almost impossible for you to leave. And, you know, while people will give Apple a hard time about that. Uh, literally like someone on the panel was like, yeah, well, I want to leave uh, my iPhone, but it's just so much to kind of transfer everything over and then move all this stuff. I'm like, yeah. And that's pretty purposeful and they can make it easier. And, and it's not too difficult to go. You know, it's, you can, you could go between the two funds if you really wanted to, but it is a little bit hard to let go of all the stuff that you have set up a certain way. And it, it would be very difficult. Um, and really who wants the pain? Who wants to go through that? It makes no difference. 99% uh, of the apps are on the both phones. They work exactly the same. Most of them do. So it's really just about form factor and operating system. So it's not that one is so much better than the other. It's just what works best for you. Yeah, 100%. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, as much as we like like these devices, we can argue about it. They're tools. So if, if the tool isn't working for you, I mean, why bother using it? If it's easier to use Apple... If the people you message are on Apple, if you're, you know, yeah. using features like AirDrop and stuff like that, you know, th the name for the ecosystem, another name for it is just features. Like Apple has these different exclusive features that they're trying to sell their phone with. A lot of people get mad because they think Apple should be more open and put those features and open them up to like Android devices. But you have to respect that at the end of the day, they are a company and they need to look at, you know, what's their best interest to make money and i know i know like a lot of people don't like that because it's like oh is that all they care about is money and it's kind of like well kind of <laughs> like not not all they care about i'm sure they have like other things they care about but at the end of the day 
um, yeah, a company's goal is to make more money. So if they think that having iMessage exclusive is going to make them more money, um, mm -hmm. you know, we haven't really talked about it too much, Travis, but there's been like this giant lawsuit going on between Epic and Apple. Yeah. And uh, we've learned, like, if you read like into like the court documents and stuff like that, they get to go through discovery. So you actually get to read like some of like the personal emails that like Craig Federighi and Tim Cook are like sending each other. And, mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, a company, you know, we like to think of like Apple as like they have one idea and they go with it. But a company is made up of all different people with different ideas. And people at very high levels have said, maybe we should put iMessage on Android. I think it's a good idea. Wow. And other other people have disagreements with that to the point of like, well, I don't know if that's the best decision. And this was a good, this was a thing I never thought of, Travis. And, uh, you know, I personally never thought of it because I don't have kids. But uh, someone said, well, if we put iMessage on Android, then parents will just buy their kids cheap Android phones instead of buying them an iPhone. Right? Because like, if Very, you have it, right, yeah. right? You'd be like, oh, they can get a $100 Android phone. But if iMessage is, and FaceTime is only on an Apple device, well, then all of a sudden you're like, you know what? We have to get the whole family iPhones, right? Like, I've never thought of that. I never thought of that. And it made like so much sense to me. It's like, oh, okay. So it's not even just like we need to lock one customer down on iPhone. Uh, it's not even like, oh, you know, we're afraid people might leave. It's like, yeah, no, the whole this whole family might leave. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's an interesting idea. I, if you look at any of the studies, I actually did a video about this uh, last year, I think. Uh, the percentage of high school students that have iPhones versus Android is phenomenally in the side of iPhone. Like it's like 80% or something ridiculous. And you know, I, I called out Android manufacturers said, you guys need to really pay attention to this. This is the future of, of owners. This is the future consumer. If you don't correct this, it's it's a wrap. I mean, at least in America, uh, you know, it, first of all, iPhone is still the number one um, brand uh, for phones in America, just as far as selling go goes. It doesn't mean that they're the best phone. It just means it's just what sells the most. But it's going to swap. It's going to go hardcore iPhone if, uh, you know, Android doesn't get on their thing. And there's a couple of reasons for that, including iMessage, which. You know, listen, kids can be crappy to each other and making them feel bad about having a green bubble versus a blue bubble is one of those things. It's really crazy. You can get bullied for that, um, you know, uh, but it's happening like that's literally a thing. And if you don't believe me, look it up. There's tons of articles about this. Kids are being absolutely hammered uh, mentally and emotionally because they have a phone that isn't an iPhone that has a blue freaking button, a bubble. It's really, really nuts. Uh, so we'll have to see exactly what, what happens here. Um, I think at the end of the day, um, you know, uh, Apple could, I, I think it's great that someone in Apple actually said at a high level said, yeah, maybe we should give, let access, everyone have access to iMessage because it's a great platform. I love that idea. But I also think that, and then many people have said, well, that's just never going to happen because that's one of the things that keeps them. And I will say this, I kind of, I did agree with a lot of the people, before I started getting an iPhone, I always wondered, well, what's the big thing about iMessage? Just messaging, just text message, whatever. Like that was my thing. And a lot of people, I saw people that in chat and everything. I used to say that when I was using an, an iPhone or an, an Android phone all the time. You have to use it for a while to understand like why it's so good and why it's why it's so beloved. And 
once you use it for a while, a couple months, especially if you have a lot of friends with iPhones, you will totally get it. And some people go, what about WhatsApp or something? Well, you got to download WhatsApp and you got to, everyone has to have WhatsApp and maybe overseas that's common, but here in, in the U S it just isn't as common. Yeah. Like there's a big advantage of like, you have like, if your family has an iPhone, well, you know, they have iMessage Whereas, like, uh, you go to your family event and you're like, oh, we should all use WhatsApp. Can you all go on your phone and download WhatsApp? And can you remember to open that instead of the other messaging app you're, you've been opening this whole time? And it's a whole big to do. Um, you know, I mentioned the court case and stuff like that. Um, who knows what the outcome of this court case will be, but a lot of it is kind of like Apple's control on the ecosystem and you know you don't know how this will rule we, we probably do based on past things in in u.s history involving court cases like this in terms of like monopolies because apple really isn't a monopoly in the u.s sense of the word monopoly but you never know how these rulings come down i'm sure it'll get appealed but um for example uh it, let's say like the court rules in favor of Epic and this is more has to do with like payments, right? Epic wants to do their own store payment system and they don't want to go through Apple system where Apple will take a cut. But uh, another another factor of that might be third party app stores like Epic could make their own game app store like they have on the Mac, right? If I want to download game, if I want to download Fortnite on the Mac, well, I actually have to download Epic store and then I can download all the games through Epic. Yeah. Um, you could have you could have a scenario in the future where. Uh, when you first load up your iPhone, that um, all of a sudden, depending on how these courts rule, Apple may have to put like a mandatory screen going. We have iMessage, but also here is a list of all the other messaging services if you want to install one of these instead of use our service mm. as a way to kind of crack down on their advantage of owning the platform and kind of putting these default apps on your phone screen. Um so it'll be interesting to see how that turns out. I don't think that will happen, again, based on just past rulings in the U.S., but you, you can't rule it out because something doesn't happen until eventually one day it happens, right? Like there might be an upset there with hmm. something like that. I don't I don't know if I agree with it at the end of the day because, you know, I feel like they made the platform, they're a company, you know, it's their product. That can also be a disadvantage to them, especially if Android is more open. That can be that can be another competitor's advantage. They can go, hey, we don't tie you down to whatever apps are on our platform. You want to download this app? You want to use a different payment method? Um, feel free to. Uh, but I think Apple is most likely going to have a strong stance here considering Google also takes like a 30% pay cut. So there's really no difference here. And then yeah. if you look at console makers like PlayStation, Xbox, uh, the cuts can be even like bigger there and even more <laughs> locked down on those systems with them moving really hard into digital content and kind of leaving physical stores behind. Hmm. You know, another thing about the operating system that I really like, and there's no reason Android can't do this, but I actually got an alert on my iPad or iPhone yesterday that some of my passwords had been found in a leak somewhere online. Ooh. Now I have LifeLock, which does that for me when it, it, but it does a combination of username and password and looks for that stuff, which I, I, I think if you're online and have an online life, you need to use something like LifeLock. But I actually didn't know, I don't think I knew that Apple even had this. It was really nice though, because it told me which, which account passwords had been leaked, but just because the password had been leaked doesn't, or it is whatever, doesn't mean they know your login. It's just saying that that password is in some like list, but having that information is great because it even tells you like 
how many, because some people reuse passwords, right? Obviously across, I mean, some people just do. It even tells you like which accounts you have them that are shared. And I was like, wow, that's such a great like user experience. Like, thank you for paying attention to that. Cause there's, most people wouldn't even know to, to do that or to look into that. I had no idea that existed. Now, I don't know if that exists on Google. If it doesn't, it should. Because man, that is such a nice thing. I'm like, right now I'm paying for that service among other things with LifeLock, but you could totally, um, I mean, you could totally just use this service, which is like free, cause I'm not paying nothing for it. I don't think uh, with Apple and it can tell you, hey, your password is out there. You should change it. I mean, what a nice, what a cool little thing. I loved it. Yeah, it's those little features from time to time that you appreciate that kind of stuff, especially if they're doing you a solid and your password was yeah. actually leaked. And, mm. you know, it's it's also to Apple's benefit to alert users of that if they have that information, because yeah. that's a whole that's a whole to do. So, you yeah. know what? Yeah, you know what I've seen? I'm, I'm curious to see what you think about this. So talking about WWDC, which is only about a week or so away, it's not that long, which is kind of interesting. Um, if you, here's, it's really interesting. A lot of people now are starting to disagree. I'm noticing that we might get pro apps on, uh, iPad. I don't know what this is for. So when I did the video a couple of weeks ago, a lot of people were like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. And I still think it makes sense, but I'm starting to see a lot of people back off of that sentiment and they're thinking, no, nah, we're not going to get it. And listen, there's no guarantee we're going to get it, but it would be just, it, it, I still say it doesn't make sense for them to have such a ridiculously powered iPad pro with all the Ram in the world and the storage and not have any real use for it. It, I guess though, I couldn't be completely shocked if we don't get it, but I would be, I would be a little vexed at Apple. I mean, what do you think about that? Are you backing down from your thought that where I think you agreed with me that we should see that now, or do you feel the same? I think we should see it. I also wouldn't be surprised if we didn't, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't see it this year. Uh, but I would I would be more surprised if I didn't see it in the next two years, next three years, right? Yeah. Like, I could understand, yeah. like, all right, they just released this iPad Pro. Uh, we're thinking they have all this time to, like, do the software side of things. We really don't know the development of all that. That could be in their mind. You, you know from, like, working at a company, like, you have these time frames of when you need to launch a product. And if the software isn't ready and the features aren't ready for that software and stuff like that, well, you might choose to delay that side of it and just get the hardware out there because you want to get the sales and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're already kind of got that right because they did release the iPad Pro and they're, you know, this software, whatever they're releasing, technically we can get betas of it, but it won't be publicly available until September. So that is still a long time to wait. Um, so I, I really think it is coming this year. I really don't like if it wasn't coming this year, I really feel like Apple wouldn't be advertising the memory in the iPad. I, I thought that was just a huge tell because they've done it in the past where there was different memory configurations and they didn't tell anyone there was, you know, the 2018 iPad. If you ordered the terabyte version, you got six gigabytes of memory and they didn't they didn't tell you, you know, what I mean, right. like they did. Right. They, so with this one, it seems it seems weird that they're like, yeah, up to 16 gigabytes of memory. Go ahead. And, you know, it's like, well, OK, what's that for? And um, I think someone said like a single app on the iPad can technically only use five gigabytes at a time right now. So I feel like there's got to be a system to take even more advantage of that memory. Well, and, but that that's a silly ahead. statement, by the way, because up until this year, 
Well, the most RAM you had on an iPad was like six. I don't understand why anyone even mentions that. A, it's pre, it's pre WWDC, which could change all of that. And B, yeah. we've never had an iPad that could take advantage of more of that anyway. Like, why do people bring that up? Every time someone brings that up, I like smash them out and go, yeah. And water is wet, and the, and the the world is round, and we didn't have enough RAM for that anyway. So who cares? Hey, yeah, yeah. like, and like. You're, you're, you're thinking like, oh, five gigs, I have 16 gigs. Well, it's like, yeah, but like one app can take five gigs. The other app can take right. five gigs. You could swap between them and you're not going to have any issues where right. it's like, yeah, you're right. The 2018 iPad Pro has four gigabytes of memory. So like you have to like account for like the system and everything taking all that memory. So yeah, I get what you're saying and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and like an app taking like five gigs of RAM on like an iPad where everything's like usually like pretty well optimized and stuff like that. It's probably like way more than you think it is. Uh, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't like, I wouldn't put money down on like, oh yeah, this, we're definitely getting pro apps this year, yeah. but I have to imagine like within the next two years, there has to be some sort of strategy. Otherwise, I don't know what Apple is thinking with the iPad at this point, especially on the pro level devices. Like I don't, I, I wouldn't even be mad if Apple was like, Hey, these are exclusive to the M one iPad pros. You know what right. I mean? Like if like, Hey, you can only get final cut on the M one iPad pro. The other ones aren't powerful enough to run it. They don't have enough system memory. I wouldn't even be mad because I think eventually you are going to have to rip that Band-Aid off and you are going to have to make a cutoff with some of these iPads. I can't see like, I can't see like the 10.2 inch iPad from like a year ago being able to run like Final Cut. I just don't think it's going to happen. Um, I could be, I, I would love to be wrong because I think, hey, if you could get an iPad at that price and get like Final Cut and all these apps, I'd be like, hey, that's, that's a really great value for people uh, who need to purchase that. Uh, and I know, I know if Apple does this decision where it's like, yeah, you need an M1 iPad Pro to take advantage of this, you know people are going to be very upset because people just bought the 2020 iPad Pros, people bought the 2018 iPad Pros, and Apple traditionally supports software for a long time. Um, so they're going to be feel, they're going to feel really burned by that decision if they decide to do that. But I also feel like these systems are so powerful you know, sometimes it is better to just rip the bandaid off, move along. Let's move on to the next step, because I think the people who are buying the iPad Pro, the people who do want these pro features, and I fully acknowledge that we're in the minority here, right? Like we're not the majority of people who use iPads, but I think you got to give us something at this point, even if that's like us, even if I got to go into settings and this is very on Apple, like even if I got to go into settings and go, I want the pro mode, give me the pro mode where I can like have multiple windows and I can toggle all this stuff. Like, I feel like, I feel like that'd be a, a better way to do it. I don't know. Like, I really don't know. Like, um, could you even do like a, you know, Apple had windows bootcamp for a while. It wasn't an easy feature to do. Like if you didn't know what you're doing, you might be like confused. Like, oh, I got to go to Windows website. I got to download a full version of Windows. Then I got to reboot my computer. I got to allocate hard drive space. But it was something pro users did who needed Windows. Could you do the same thing on an iPad? Like Travis, if I gave you the ability to partition your iPad hard drive and have mm -hmm. Mac OS on it, yep. and maybe you need like the magic keyboard to work, right? Because Mac doesn't accept touch, so you need a trackpad and keyboard to make it work. But I think a lot of users would actually be okay with that because they would acknowledge like, yes, this is a way to get Mac OS on my iPad. It doesn't support touch, but I'm willing to do that to get those apps when I need it. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that they're going to go that far, but they I really don't think do they need will, to by a- the way. That's I don't I 100 percent don't think they would ever do that. But but they but they do need to address what the iPad started out as and where it is now. Yeah, it started out as a larger iPhone without um without some of the features. I mean, it had 90 percent of the features, but. The reality is like it is now something different and the pro series is promising something that it can't exactly i mean it can kind of but not exactly kind of uh, hit the promise like you're you're saying very clearly this thing is strong enough to be um you know a laptop replacement or whatever but the the operating system kind of lets it down and i don't think we haven't had a lot of leaks about ipad os but i don't see anything in the little leaks we have had that indicate to me that things like true multitasking are coming, which is absolutely necessary for a pro. Um, those things, these still feel like the big paintbrush across all iPads, which of course most people who own iPads are just the normal, you know, base level. Just you know, let me go here, play Angry Birds, let me watch, you know, YouTube or whatever. And I don't need a bunch of features, but those people are not spending upwards of two thousand dollars on a piece of hardware. So I think you have to, in some way like make good with all of these high-end purchases because there if there really is no significant difference between an ipad pro and a base level ipad other than the screen is a little bit bigger like on the 11 inch doesn't have um, mini led and it has a quote faster processor of which you can't take advantage of and it has 120 hertz which is nice but so what is it 700 dollars more 400 dollars more with more You've got to figure out a way to make that value make more sense. And Apple has not been shy about making something like immediately irrelevant. If we look at this um, this upcoming audio streaming thing where it's supposed to be lossless, apparently not working with the Air Pro Max Pros that are like $500, like that's an, another instance where they're like, yeah, well, you know, it is what it is. Like if you want a little dongle hanging from the thing, I guess you can make it work. So I don't think they're afraid to do that. I'm totally okay with and actually fully expect them to say, some of these apps only work with the M1 version of the iPad. Like I fully expect that if they do it, that's my expectation. I think it's time for them to do that because next year there would, I, I cannot think of a single reason to buy a 12.9 inch iPad pro next year. If those apps don't do anything, if there's no difference in apps, because next year you, you I, we're assuming you'll get the mini led on this on the 11 inch. And then there's like, there's just no, there's no reason. There's no reason. I need a reason. Give me a reason, Apple. Yeah. What do I want to say? <laughs> I had a, I had a really good thought, and then it's like, hmm. and I was like thinking about it, and I was like trying to refine it, and then I I think I lost it, guys. I'm sorry. Let's see. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> it'll come back to you. It will come back to me. I don't know. What was I gonna say? I had a really good thought. I think I lost it. Oh no. The um yeah, because when you look at the price point of the twelve point nine. It's $100 more now than the MacBook Air. And it's like, what are you getting out of that device when it's like that? It's like, it's, it's like the value on MacBooks are now better than on iPads. And that yep. wasn't, it completely flipped. Before it was yep. like, oh, the iPad, it's, it's going to run so much better than the cheapest MacBook. And now it's like, yep. oh, now, now there's, now the uh, MacBooks have iPad hardware. And it's like, oh, it comes with the keyboard, comes with the trackpad. It's like, unless you really need touch, unless you're like drawing, which I, again, it's like, yeah, if you draw, obviously iPad, that's, that's the use case. But for everyone else out there, um, why would you go for iPad when you can get the MacBook Air at a thousand dollars, especially if, yeah. you know, 
if you're uh, not used to, you know, Travis, you're so used to like LumaFusion and stuff like that. Maybe it's a little bit harder. But for people who haven't like made that jump yet, it's like, okay, I'll just go for the MacBook Air. And back to your point where you're talking about like the iPad when it first came out. Yeah, the iPad does need to evolve. And listen, when the product first came out, I think it made a lot of sense because our phones were like 3.5 inches for screen size. So mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, like, oh yeah, having a separate like 9.7 inch screen that I can carry around the house makes so much sense because I don't want to do all, I don't want to read email on my phone. I don't want to watch video on my phone. The screen's too small. Well, now we're at a point where like most of the phones that people are carrying are like six inch display sizes. So even if they're not as big as the iPad, it's like, well, yeah, I can watch a video on my phone. I can type out an email on my phone. I could do everything on my phone at this point. I, you know, it's it's a pretty comfortable experience to do a lot of these things on your phone. So the iPad needs to be more than just a bigger phone. It needs to be more than just a bigger phone experience. And um, it needs to kind of evolve into this laptop alternative that is a different way to do things. It shouldn't, I don't think they should ever put Mac OS on an iPad. I feel like that would just be giving up. But they, mm. they're they smart. There's a lot of smart people in this company. They need The iPad should be the future device where they need to figure out th- ways to do things that are better and simpler than on the Mac. Again, hard to do, right? It's not like, oh, I know what to do. I know how to make the iPad better. You don't. If you think you know how to make the iPad better, you'd be working at Apple. Like We can have all these different ideas and stuff like that, but Apple really does need to make a system that is more complex, but still simple at the same time. Because like, I know like, you know, if I talk to like my mom and stuff like that, you know, she really doesn't care about like this multitasking stuff. She likes that when she presses, uh, when she goes into an app on the iPad, it's the full app. And then if she ever needs to go back and find another app, she presses the home button and she's back on the home screen and stuff. You know, the simple interactions like that, a lot of people appreciate, but at the same time, People are growing up with these devices who are way more tech literate and they expect a lot more out of these machines. So a couple of things. Number one, um, I just saw that uh, someone tweeted us talking about uh, iMore. And interestingly, iMore shared one of my videos about the iPad Pro versus the MacBook Air. And uh, so that's the first time iMore has ever shared anything of mine. I thought that was pretty dope. But they uh, literally talked about, I guess, right as... They, and they tweeted this around the same time that we were talking about this on the, on the live stream just a minute ago. The uh, iPad Pro apps can't use all the RAM yet, but there's a wild iPad o, iOS update on the horizon. Will it you know, make a difference? And it's interesting because um, there's a quote here. So someone in our chat was talking about Procreate, which is a um, a like a picture. Uh, sorry, what is it? Like a photo editing software. It's like a drawing uses, app, Procreate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, someone tweeted them to go, I, I would imagine that the 16 gigabyte M1 might get more layers dimensions so than I can currently use. And Procreate said, as of now, all M1 iPads have the same amount of RAM available. As soon as we have access to more, we'll pass that on to you too. Which is interesting um, because that, well, that goes back to the five gigabytes yeah. we talked about before. But it is interesting the way it's stated. Obviously, um, they they are implying that I mean, they, they must have told Apple that they want access to more, right? I mean, well, all the ones. Hey, listen, WWDC is very soon. This is a pre-recorded event, right? 
Yeah. Apple yeah. has been in contact with these companies. And if any company knows that something's going to happen soon, it's Procreate because Apple mm. loves this company. This is one of the apps they love to show off at their event because it really is a pro drawing app. It's like the best one on the iPad. It's really impressive, uh, that application. So, th you know, they would never come out and say, oh, you know, more RAM soon. But if you read into it, you might they might know already at this point because they if they're doing a mm -hmm. demo for the future uh, software update, Apple has already contacted them. Apple has already let them know like, hey, we're doing this. You can't say anything. But when you get this update, you'll be able to utilize 12 gigabytes of RAM on the bigger version. Mm -hmm. They might know. Yeah, that is a really good point. Um, it's in, yeah, it is very interesting that uh, because here's the other thing: Procreate could have just ignored the tweet mm -hmm. and and not really said anything, or just yeah, it's just not something that we need or something. You know, they could literally this the second part of the sentence: as soon as we have access to more, which implies they will, we'll pass that on to you too. Uh, so uh, listen, maybe the person tweeting doesn't know anything, but it it is a bit of a wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah. So as as of now, so. all M1 yeah. iPads have the same amount of as of now. You know, what I mean, yeah. it's like hmm, as of now. <laughs> <laughs> like like it almost feels like yeah, like if you didn't have that, uh, if you didn't have that knowledge, it's better to kind of just not even say anything because <laughs> it's like you never 100%. know if you'll get more access than that because you might be 100%. like, oh, next iPad, you can have it. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, maybe we'll see. And again, um, this is not going to matter to most people, but the people who spent too much money on their iPad Pro, it is going to make a difference. And those are the people that are likely to spend the money on the Pro apps. So it's kind of like it makes sense. It doesn't make it, you know, it's not going to affect the people who have the base level iPad Pro iPad, but that's okay. If someone's willing to spend $2,000 on an iPad Pro maxed out, they're probably willing to spend a couple hundred dollars on some apps. So it's not like there's there's no no desire uh, for someone to make money on this. They could totally make some money on this. Um, I am interested. To, I wish they would tell us like how many of each configuration sold though. That would be compelling information. Yeah, they'll never tell us that. Uh, we'll, ne we'll never figure that out. We'll never figure that out. How many how many two terabyte iPad Pros <clears throat> did Apple sell? I want to know. How yeah. who bought that one? Who's who? Hey, I don't know. I'm surprised it wasn't you with all the no. stuff you buy. I mean, I did get the terabyte, which is ridiculous enough. I've been, <laughs> I've been watching so much video on my iPad, and I'm like, why did I get the 60? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. hopeful. I'm hopeful something more is coming yeah. soon. I mean, we'll see. Like, are you gonna? I guess I assume if uh, you know the betas are released shortly after WWDC, you're gonna use it. You're actually going to use it. Yeah, I'll put that on my iPad for sure because it's yeah. not my main production machine. Uh, yeah. You know, I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll definitely put the betas on there. I guess that's content for me, um, especially if it's something cool. Like if it's some exclusive features, I want to be. I'll be first on board with it. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting WWDC. I said in one of my recent videos on it. I don't recall a time going into this kind of event where I feel like I don't know anything. I feel like every year there's a, I feel like software leaks, we usually get a lot of them. Like it's like, yeah. hey, there's a new software feature. Like with uh, with iOS 14, the big thing was widgets. Like we knew about that for like a year in advance. Like, hey, there's gonna mm -hmm. be widgets on the next iPhone. It's like, okay. With this like iPad stuff, it's like, yeah, like I haven't really heard much. I haven't heard much about iPhone. I haven't heard much about the Mac. I heard next to nothing about Apple Watch stuff. Yeah. So I feel like they got a tight lock on the software stuff, not necessarily the hardware stuff. 
Well, um, let's also, speaking well, of hardware stuff, there are rumors a couple of devices may be released you know, during WWDC. You know how you said people in your video were like, kind of like flip-flopping and saying, we're not going to get this version of iPad. I had the thing with hardware in my videos. People like this week were commenting, we're not getting any new hardware at WWDC. You fool. You fool. Don't you know this is a software event? You you don't know anything. And I'm just like, yeah, except the except like the nine other times where they actually released hardware. Like, go go look on YouTube. Go look it up. It's not like impossible. They've done it before, guys. Like, what do you, like I know sometimes it's all software and it might be, but like, don't say never. Come on. Right. No, that's silly. Um, we don't know, but uh, Prosser seems Prosser to be... Prosser said confirm. That's, that's, a, the, yeah. that's an interesting ter- terminology he used there. That's that's strong. He doesn't use confirmed very often, so he must have seen something very definitive. And uh, that's interesting. So I know that you. I know a lot of people have been waiting for that. And this is what we expect to be the M1X, right? Not yeah. the M2. Is that what we think? Yeah, so M1X. For, so for those of you that already bought a, a, an iPad Pro, or uh, sorry, a uh, MacBook Pro with M1, likely this is not one you're going to have to upgrade to, mainly because the MacBook Pro that came out was an entry level anyway, and from a, from a perspective of cost and performance, for the things that you are likely using it for, it's unlikely that you're going to see much of a difference. Having said that, there are some people that bought the existing MacBook Air for content and stuff and knew all along that they've been waiting for this one. That's a different that's a different answer. But to just shut off the questions that are going to come up, if I got the MacBook Air or the MacBook Pro, should I get the new MacBook Pro when it comes out? Probably not. You will see numbers that'll say it's a little bit better, but that's because of the GPU, not necessarily because of the CPU portion of it. We suspect the vast majority of it will perform similarly for the things that you would normally use it for. This particular MacBook really should be and probably will be aimed at uh, professionals or prosumers. So if you have something, you like the M1, you're good. Keep it. Don't worry about it. Settle down. Sit down. Yeah, this this update really is for the people who didn't really switch over to any of the M1 stuff, the people who are waiting for something bigger and better. I know I switched over to the M1 stuff because I really do like it a lot and, and stuff like that. But I think like if you look at like the the bigger people who are making content that's more complicated than mine, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they're waiting for these pro level machines. And that's what this M1X is going to be, whether that's, uh, you know, 14 inch or 16 inch MacBook Pro maybe a bigger iMac. Um, these are going to be more expensive machines, but they're also going to be more powerful. And, you know, if you're, if you're doing like tons of like video editing and stuff like that, yeah, that machine might be for you. If you're like a casual user, like I assume most of you guys are like, I think M1 probably going to be enough. Like I, like I, yeah, like M1 will probably be enough for like the next 10 years honestly like it's ridiculous how like powerful these things are at this point and and how like responsive they are um yeah the single core performance you know is what most people use like if you open an app that's not multi-core performance you know so if you're not if you're not taking if you're not exporting video and i people always hate that right when we say that in our video in our videos but it's like well that's like one of like the few things that takes advantage of multi-core performance so 
most people aren't taking advantage of multi-core performance and that's what the m1x is really going to focus on that and graphics so if, right. if that sounds like you maybe one of these machines will be for you i think a lot of people are also going to be attracted to the fact that um these macbooks are supposed to have more ports in them again right like that was like one of the big things that people hated about these new ones so even if you're not like you know, there are some people who just want the best of everything. And if people can get like an SD card slot, they might pay an extra $600. That might be worth it to them just to like, all right, I don't want to have to deal with not having these ports. Um, maybe mini LED, right? Like I think mm -hmm. that on a MacBook, I would, I'd be really into that. Um, so I think there, I think there'll be compelling upgrades for the pro users. There might also be some consumer level features now that I sit here and think about it, that people might be a little tempted to upgrade to these models. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, the thing is, like, looking into our crystal ball, number one, um, you got to remember, this is not a consumer-facing event. Yes. At all. Like, you'll be able to watch it if you want to, but it's not meant for consumers, which means it's not going to be a hard sell. And really, the, the, the idea behind even sh perhaps releasing hardware like this during an event that's not really meant for the general public is that these products aren't necessarily really meant for the general public. That's the implication. It's, you know, it's meant for people who are more professionals, developers, stuff like that. So uh, I don't know what the typical turnaround time is for these events. Like, but it's pretty rare that Apple will announce an event minus air power and only be more than like a couple of weeks or maybe even a month or so out. Like they don't typically say this is coming in five months or something. So if they are going to announce these, uh, you know, this, this, this particular new laptop, I suspect you'll be able to get it before the end of the summer, I would think. Um, but I'm not sure like what, why hmm. else would you, would you promote? And by the way, if you wait too long, you're now butting up against M2. So yeah. you kind of have to get it out. I, I think that um, for like the MacBooks and stuff, I feel like it will be a summer product. I don't think they would wait until the fall. Mm -hmm. That being said, the real pro level stuff, Apple has done that consistently in the past with the with the last two Mac Pros and the iMac Pro. Um, all of those products were sh they showed them off at at the at Worldwide Developers Conference, and then they like shipped them out in December. So Yikes. with those products, you might see it. And that might make sense for like a Mac Pro type of device where it's like, mm -hmm. maybe that's beyond M1X. That's something totally different. And I think it would have to be for a Mac yeah. Pro. And they might go, we got something super exciting to show you and you can order it at the end of this year. That could happen. I think if they wanted to get all the M1X products out of the way, I think maybe you would see that for like the iMac because I haven't heard too much about like a bigger iMac. So maybe if they're calling that iMac Pro, which I think they will at this point, I think they'll take that chance to separate the iMac and make just the bigger size the Pro rather than having a big iMac and then a big iMac Pro. It doesn't make sense at this point. Mm -hmm. um, I think you could see like an iMac Pro that's like, you know what, uh, you can order, you can, you can see it now because we want you to see all of our products, but you'll order it at the end of the year. Yeah, I... Because MacBook just, Pros are kind of more like if there's any product that Apple sells that's pro that also tiptoes into consumer level, it's the MacBook Pro. So mm -hmm. I think they wouldn't do it with that product. So there's too much like 
they want the, they want to announce it and then sell it as soon as possible. Yeah, I think they I think they should because yeah. from the minute that the M1 series of products was announced, then everyone was like, "When's the next one coming?" Yeah. And if you were butted up against when it actually could come out, like if you're releasing stuff that's M1 or M1X in December, people are going to be like, "No, no, no, you're way too close to M2. I'm not buying any of this." So. Well- not you even know? that people might like if you say, oh, this MacBook Pro is coming out in December. What happens to your M1 MacBook Pro sales? Like people might just be like, nope. So you don't want that either. You don't want you. Those are both two awful scenarios that I don't think they'd want to do. They would do it for the bigger pro products, which, you know, people don't really buy. Like people aren't buying Mac Pros like consumers. So it's fine for them. If anything, they want to let the pro customers know about that so they can allocate their budget and be like, all right, we're going to order like this many machines at the end of the year. Uh, but for like the MacBooks and stuff. Yeah. I think they want to announce that and then at least ship that within like a couple weeks. Yeah. So Apple, you need to pay attention to gadget cast cause we're trying yeah. to save you some money, man. Tim cook, you know, we'll make you more money. Yeah, about we, that, we will. Tim? I mean, Listen, that's what we're here for. We're here to make you money. No, so we're, where's we're our not, kickback? Where's our kickback? <clears throat> no, ask, you know, asterisk. Uh, we're not here for that. Uh, you know. Where's our kickback? No, I don't want a kickback. I do want a kickback. <laughs> Travis does not speak for me. I like to keep my integrity in check. I do not want any kickbacks. Thank you. <clears throat> Listen, Thank you. I love my integrity until that price gets right. When you get that price right, that integrity has a sale price. You remember Million Dollar Man? Everyone has a price for the Million you're, Dollar you're Man. You're just like those big corporate youtubers we can't trust what you say i should i should be so lucky (laughs) you you get those embargo videos i can't trust a word you're saying yeah i know those embargo videos man that's another type of pressure that i don't want we greg and i were talking about sponsored videos before we got onto this and uh the embargoed would be just as bad if not worse because you definitely have a drop dead date by that and you can't even necessarily guarantee when you're gonna get the product in the first place some people are getting it like a day or two before they had to do a video that would be awful. Like, yeah. I would love embargo. You give me like five days with that. Oh yeah, you you like ship my product late, and I know everyone's gonna be dropping a video like tomorrow. I'm gonna feel the peer pressure. Be like, oh mm. no, I need a video out. Well, I need more time with this thing. What am I gonna yeah. do? <laughs> Just do like some like half unboxing. Like here it is. <laughs> you can hey. I shouldn't say that. You can kind of tell which YouTubers I think get it a little bit later because like mm-hmm. some people will be like full review and then some people are like, I unboxed it. <laughs> <laughs> I got this yesterday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You can kind of tell who got it yesterday and who got it like two weeks in advance. It's almost like you're you're just cool enough for Apple to pay attention to you but not cool enough to get it on time. Like that is like the lowest level of cool. I think, uh, I think my favorite coverage with the M1 iMac was Justine's because Apple gave her like the treatment they gave her every color that's crazy. like yeah. whoa i want to be on justine's level how do you how do you get on that level like they're sending well, marquez one color but like justine they gave her every color isn't that crazy so change your name to i greg and do this for I about greg. a decade and then do it for about a decade and then maybe maybe at that I point greg. maybe yeah now uh, i love justine's videos those those ones were really cool the, yeah she's great oh my god that was awesome like every single color actually scratch that i don't want every color that sounds like a pain because apple asked for their products back Can you imagine oh, yeah, like yeah. going to the ups oh. store with seven imacs and be like i gotta ship these <laughs> no thank you no thank apple you. you gotta come to my door and pick these up i'm sorry i'm not yeah. i'm not come on yeah have them come pick it up speaking of which uh i'll, I'll end on this um <clears throat> i have a uh 
so I sell some of my products. So I sold my 2020 iPad Pro to kind of help pay for, uh, you know, the M1 that I get. You know, and I give really good deals when I sell my products. Plus, they're in great shape because they're my, like, actual products that I take care of. Uh, and I went to the UPS store. I have a, It's funny because I have a sponsor coming up, Stamps.com, that um, they gave me an account, which I kind of wish I had before I sent this thing oh, off. Oh, you got Stamps.com? What is this? I need yeah. that. I need I'm telling stamps. you, this company that I'm working with, I'll, I'll, t- I'll talk to you about it, Greg. If you want to get hooked up, I'll hook you up. But anyway, um, the, so, I, it's, so I'm looking forward to learning more about Stamps.com. Anyway, I went to UPS to ship off this iPad Pro 2020. I got to make sure my friend gets it here. I've actually sold a couple products to this guy. He's, he's a, he, does, he has a little YouTube channel too. Great guy. I want to make sure it got there by next Thursday. Now, I live in Seattle. I think he lives in like uh, Kansas or Kentucky or somewhere like that. It, it's not that far. I mean, it's across the country, but not that far. And by the way, I, I shipped it on... I think Friday, and it doesn't have to get there until like Thursday. So it's about a week. How much do you think it cost? And I went to UPS. How much do you think it costs for me to ship this thing? Ooh, I ship those so UPS. It could be expensive. I'm going to be like, I'm going to say, ooh, $30, $30. All right. $30 is your, is your final guess? Or are you going to, you're going to, you want one more shot at it? No, I'll do 30. I'll stick with it. Okay. I wish it was $30. I'd be happy oh, with $30. <laughs> It was eighty-seven dollars. Oh, no, uh, there goes that little bit of profit. Which, by the way, was never profit in the first place. I got less than what I paid for it. But anyway, yeah, uh, I, I'm, I'm hoping that Stamps.com becomes a great sponsor of mine because I'll tell you that oh, that was terrible, man. That hurt. I hurt. It is like when I do ship stuff out from UPS, it's always more expensive than I think it's going to be. Yeah. And then, like, I just have like this like internal like thing. I'm like. How does how does Amazon make money? How does Apple make money? Right. Like the deals these people must ink, it must be like great because it's like I, little guy me over here shipping one product out, and I'm like, what? Is, what? what? Mm. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. So, um, anything else before we head out? Do you have anything else? I think we said it all. We said it all. We'll do some quick um, aftercast question and answer real quick. Uh, we'll I have a little bit of time before talk to the before people. I make this food that I got witty. Uh, let's see how many people. We should do a prediction of how many people from the live stream are going to are going to go away. Even I gotta though we're say, gonna there's an impressive talk. 160 <clears throat> people watching the show right now. the The live views have also been really great lately. The last couple of weeks, they haven't died have down, which they yeah. tend to do sometimes. So really uh, happy about people that. already dropped off once I mentioned it. So there you go. Yeah. I so I don't know how many we're going to lose when we go in the aftercast. Lose like 20 people uh but if you want to stick around and ask us some questions i see no reason why you drop off the show now is your chance you know hilarious for, for so real quick for the audio people who don't know this we we do this podcast live streaming right so we we record it you guys listen to the audio podcast, but we do something before and after. So if you want to hear more of us, come to the YouTube channel when we when we do these live, uh, and we do what's called an aftercast. It's not much different than what you hear on the podcast, except for sometimes we'll we'll just mess around or we'll answer questions. There's no reason to leave the podcast. There's no reason to leave the live stream for some unknown reason. Every time we end the audio podcast, we we get a drop of like twenty to thirty percent of your. We have no idea why this happens, so we're about to do it again. And maybe we'll tell you next week what ended up happening. It's funny, but we thank all of our audio podcast listeners for listening to the entire thing because we love all of y'all. And uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll be back next week. He's Greg. I'm Travis. This is GadgetCast. Cast.